Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. We've got a wager to pay off. We've got a legit contender in Big D. We've got marital discord in the last place that you would expect it. And your chance to wear your grievances. All that and more. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Wow, the one place to start, of course, is Monday Night Football, where the D in Big D stands for dominant. Cowboys all over the Eagles in the division last night. And if you didn't watch the game, I will tell you it was not as close as the final score would indicate. Dak Prescott and that offense looked sensational. And the defense has become an opportunistic bunch that are making a difference. They forced eight turnovers in three games. The Cowboys appear clearly the class of the NFC East and may just be a legit contender in the NFC this year. And I'm delighted to have Jeff Saturday and Dominique Foxworth hang out with me for a few minutes after get up here in studio with the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Dominique, how about them Cowboys? They were impressive, man. Mm-hmm. They they have had a tough loss to Tampa. It was close. It was competitive. Defense had created a lot of turnovers in that game. Um, and then they had a big clutch win against the Chargers, who seemed like they're for real. And then they played the Eagles, who no one really thinks is going to be competitive, but they're pretty well-rounded team with a good up front, and they dominated them. Yeah. Like, that's what you have to do in games like that. It's a primetime game against a lesser opponent in your division. You dominate them from start to finish. It was an impressive win. I don't know if there was any facet of the game or any unit where I felt like the Eagles won. Like, the offensive line, Cowboys won. Defensive line, Cowboys won. Secondary receivers, Cowboys won. Quarterback, no discussion. Yeah, and I think when you think about how impressive it is, in-division opponents are, are really what matters. I mean, listen, you see these guys twice a year. There's no faking the funk in this one, man. When you line up, like, you're teeing off on each other. There's no hiding. There's no disguising. You, you know, you're very familiar with not only the scheme that they're running, but also the player themselves. And so, to your point, they got their, their, their will. They imposed their will on the Eagles in every facet of the game. And I think Kellen Moore did a fantastic job of balancing the offense. And again, we're going to talk about Dak because of how efficient and how well he played, but he only threw it like 25, 28 times. They ran it, I think, close to 40. The balance that he's bringing to this offense and the physicality with which they can play when he does that makes them a very difficult team to contend with. It wasn't just Kellen calling those. It was Dak calling those, too. Oh, the Dak, check with yeah, these. Dak hey, had, I'm had saying those set decisions. him up for Yeah, that. no, I, I understand that, but I just mean Dak made those decisions, and yeah. that's not something that all quarterbacks can do. Even vet quarterbacks don't necessarily have the latitude to do that. You saw Dak deciding based on the safeties alignment that he was going to run certain times, and that old line was getting pushed. Woo. It was really impressive. And then when Dak was passing, they were playing those zones, and he was Eating them picking up. that apart. Zeke had 17 carries, 95 yards. Pollard had 11 carries, 60 yards in total. You're right, they ran it 41 times Mm. for 160 yards, so it was a dominant performance. Are they... Look, I always have my fun with the Cowboys because their fans are so... (laughs) Them. Yes, Um, we love them. But clearly, they're better than I thought they were. They're better than many others thought they were. Just how good are they, Dominique? We're talking about Bucks, Rams... Packers, whoever it is we really believe in in the NFC. Are they in that conversation? Absolutely. I think they're in that conversation. Now, I'm not going to go off and say that I would pick them to beat any of those teams or to win the NFC necessarily, but I think that I wouldn't be surprised. And I think they are benefited by having this division that looks to be one of the weaker ones in football. They might be able to rack up six easy wins right there, which could put them in position to get that first round by because uh, Tampa's going to have some tough games. The uh, Rams division is probably the 
best tough. in football. They're going to lose a, full, a few games. So I'm not sure the Cowboys' record going forward, but I know they got six wins waiting for them. They might drop one in division, but they should win them all. And I will say the reason that you can put the Cowboys even in this conversation of contending is because of the balance of their football team. I mean, mm-hmm. when you think about Tampa, you know, although they have played well early in the season, offensively they have done really well. They've been exposed on the back end because of all the injuries and their defensive backfield. The thing about the Cowboys that's so impressive is Dan Quinn has brought this from a bottom basement defense to I think 13 or somewhere yeah. in that realm. The difference that makes, and we talked about it all the way when, when, when Greeny, you were making fun of us saying, oh, they're always so good in June, July, and August. Mm-hmm. But the reality is Dan Quinn, the ability to make them a middle-of-the-road defense, not even, and, and they're taking the ball away like crazy right now, but if they can stay in that, that middle-of-the-road defense, their offense is good enough right. to win football games. That's why they're contenders, because they don't have these glaring and obvious uh, you know, uh, deficiencies on either side of the ball. They're finally good in a month that ends in ember. So let's see what winds up happening with them here. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Meanwhile, let me go around the league real quick while I have a few minutes with you guys. And you know how much I appreciate you hanging out after doing Get Up. So I was telling you, I want to play it for you because I'm very proud of it. So, you know, my frustration with the New York Jets. Yeah. <laughs> and after their complete no-show in Denver, I mean, a game in which they literally, if they had not bothered boarding the plane, the game would have been just as competitive. <laughs> oh my but but I mean, that's, come on, am, am I overstating that? Am I overstating that? It's, an, it's a statement of fact. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Only a little. <laughs> they might have scored a few more points. And after the game, up. their new coach, Robert Sala, who I like, I mean, generally sure. speaking, I'm certainly not giving up on him, but, you know, he's a rookie coach, and yeah. rookies make mistakes. And in any market, but much less this one, he should never have said this. The execution is very high during the week, and we've got to find a way to bring it to Sunday and execute at the high level that we're uh, practicing at. All right, the second he said it, Jeff, I saw your Ooh. face. You kind of winced. Yeah. So what I figured out is, what this really is, is a conspiracy by the league against the Jets. Because <laughs> they make us play on Sunday. We're unbeatable on Wednesday. <laughs> You don't. Re- if we got to play our games on Wednesdays, we would kill everyone. <laughs> oh and we actually, I actually put together the hype film. You ready? Here we go. This is this should be our hype video now for the Jets. In a world where every other team is focused on Sunday, sometimes Monday, and once a year Thursday, meet the 2021 New York Jets. <laughs> who are either light years ahead of their time or the worst team ever. It is the story of that rarest of football phenomena. It is any given Wednesday. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, that's Hembo's oh little God. goofy laugh because we, we just improvised that uh, live. That was fantastic. It was hurtful, but I, I think oh. we're... Robert Sala has to understand that the message that you give to your players in the, right. in the meeting room is different than the message that you give to the media, yes. especially the New York media. Yes. Because what he needs to tell them to lift up their confidence is, we're not that bad. I see it on Wednesday. We're great on Wednesday. The only problem is we got to do what we do on Wednesday. 100%. And Thursday, we got to do that on Sunday. Yeah. And that's what he's telling them. He's like, yeah, keep practicing like that. It'll come around. But when they tell monsters like you this, Greeny, no. you media maniacs, oh. you jump down their throat. Yeah, they're cutting Achilles right now. <laughs> they're, just, they're just looking for him, just trying to get – this is for – to your point, this is 100% a team message. That does not need to go outside of the locker room mm-hmm. to anybody outside the building. Hey, we're going to play like we practice. Let's practice 
this better. We're doing better. It's going to end up showing up. It has not showed up well. <laughs> not how proficient we are on a Wednesday. I mean, it just sounds horrible. Yeah. And for t- and listen, I saw the picture. I think it was your wife who put the picture of you and the dog, yeah. like on the floor, just uh. broken. I mean, you you are just a broken man yeah. laying on the floor. I'm One broken. of the greatest pictures of all time, by the way. I absolutely loved it. Keep sending more of those. <laughs> But you feel you everything you're just gonna you're just gonna magnify it because of your pain. You're just hurt. You're just a hurting man right now. We'll yep. just have a hug a hug session after this is over. But it's, it's that's it's, what that that's what that video hype video you call it. It was it's hurt people hurt people. It's, it's what hurt. it is. Yes. You're a hurt person, yes. so you're hurting other people. That was mean and unnecessary, a little gratuitous, but hilarious. Yeah. Well, look, the funny outweighs the mean. That was our slogan on the old show, and I will continue to do it here. Look, we suck. I mean, I don't know what else to say. We are just unimaginably. Terrible, which brings us quickly to the Bears and and their situation here. And, Dominique, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Mm -hmm. You offered something of a tacit defense of their much maligned coach, Matt Nagy, on television today. What are your thoughts? No, I mean, it's not much of a defense. He was bad. The game plan was bad. Justin Fields was also bad. And a lot of reasons why a lot of us were screaming for Justin Fields is because we recognized the offensive line was bad. And we're like, hey, Justin Fields is athletic. They'll have less sacks, if nothing else. He'll scramble and get out of there and buy time. They had nine sacks. I don't know what the NFL record is, but I'm sure it's close to nine. And that's unacceptable. And maybe nobody was open, but that's why Justin Fields, that's why you draft an athlete like that. When nobody's open, you make something happen with your legs. He had one net passing yards. If you subtract his sacks from his passing yards, he had one yard. So it's not a a tacit defense of Nagy as much as it's also just uh, somewhat of a criticism of Fields. And I guess it's an appreciation that Nagy said he wasn't ready. He didn't look ready. He was, he's better than what he showed there. And maybe he didn't show how good he was in part because of Nagy, but that performance, I watched it again yesterday before the Monday night game. And I think part of it was, uh, on Sunday or excuse me, on Monday during the day, I'm watching TV, I'm listening to everything. And man, they were coming for Nagy's neck. Mm -hmm, Everybody was. And part of it was like, I watched the game to see, like, was he really trying to throw this game? And I was like, eh, this is bad play calling, but it's also some bad um, performance at the quarterback. Yeah, it's bad game plan in general. I, right, just you, I don't care how good you think a quarterback is. When you, when you give him no way to defend himself, and that's yeah. really what Nagy did. When you have 13 out of 20 pass plays – where you're basically blocking five on their four, like, and, and with the offensive line that he has, you've created the problem. And what happened, I thought what happened to Justin Fields, and he, because I agree he did not play well, is you are so battered and beaten, you don't even know where to look anymore. Now all of a sudden the game goes from 55 miles an hour to 100 miles an hour, and you have missiles coming at you from every which direction. Your best players, like you know Jason Peters, who you bring in, he's trying to dual read, leaving Miles Garrett free. That's game plan, man. Like we we can Hold talk on, time about out, him. Time getting, out, time out, time out. What the hell is a dual read? He's looking inside to see if they have to pick up a linebacker, okay. and it, meanwhile you're letting the defensive end come free, right? Uh, okay. So they they the, the so he's putting him at his tackle at a disadvantage. He has a slower get off against Miles Garrett, exactly. which is not smart. And what you're what you've done is now you've brought hesitancy not only to your quarterback but to your offensive line. So when I talk about the game. Plan. It is encompassing in everybody's yeah. job to make everybody's job harder. And I just, I, I just want to put this and, and compare and contrast this to the Green Bay Packers game plan against the San Francisco 49ers, who has an equally talented front four, probably better front seven right. than, than, the, than the Browns. 
They were chipping. They were they were trying to break Joey Bosa's ribs, man. Like sneak attack, run dudes in motion and blast people. There was none of that going on. By the way, that allows your quarterback to have that split second where we right. talk about four seconds in the pocket to diagnose and right. read because as a rookie, you know he is going to be late. So the tackles are are in there having a second Look guess what they're doing. Everybody, and what you're saying is. Give the defensive ends something to think about. Thank you. Like, give them something yeah. to slow them down. They make them worry about a 100%. crack coming in or a, a blind side. But yeah. we didn't. Well, what no one will argue is that when things go as badly as that did, it's just one person's fault. Yeah. I mean, clearly, there's more than enough blame to go around. It was the perfect storm of just awfulness. Yeah. Um, but in this case, I, I think that it's impossible to absolve Matt Nagy of, yeah, of some responsibility for this. I could do this all day long. Guys, thank you. I love you. Dominique, Jeff Saturday, outstanding. Appreciate thank you both for being here. Greeny, airlines, restaurants, and more have been ramping up their hiring. Who do they turn to? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your job. You can easily invite your top choices to apply. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Coming up, I will read you a number that should strike terror in your heart If you root for the Bears or the Jets or the Jaguars, that's next on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. I say a word of congratulations to our beloved hashtag Bubba, our disheveled board operator, who is wearing his Dak Prescott jersey Proudly today after his beloved Cowboys uh, enjoyed a big win. And I turn to offer consolation to my friend, my longtime right-hand man, hashtag Hembo from Philadelphia. Yikes. Who today, in paying off this wager, is wearing a cowboy hat. And might I say, <laughs> wow. might I say, looks a tad ridiculous. <laughs> wow, that's good. We have to get a screenshot of this up on uh, social wow. media as quickly as we can. The way you have that kind of tied in yeah, the front. The tying is the really what brings it all You look together. like a little boy getting to ride a pony for the first time in his life. I don't know why the only cowboy hat here um, in our office had the tie thing. Like, what, what is is this for, like, in case I'm actually riding a horse and the wind doesn't take it away? Right, I think that's Absolutely. what it's for. So yeah. I don't really know what to do with it, so I decided I was going to, you know, dress You can put it over the back of you. You can wear it behind your head mm. so that it is not visible and does not make you look like an idiot. I do look a lot worse with it, right? Like, yes. sort of like little Bo Well, Peep. let me put it this way. You have only up to go from what we have. 
Okay, <laughs> where we are right now has got to be considered the basement, and as a consequence, anything up from that is the lobby, you know, or or something slightly above that. It is a silly look that you have here. I'm so upset this morning. So everything <laughs> about this sucks. It, it should be reminded uh, to our audience that Hembo is married to a woman who works here at ESPN and then is frequently in the studio, but in this day and age of COVID, is not always here. Is Lizzie here today? She is not. Oh, but that's a shame. It, it sure is. I would really like your wife to come in here and critique this. Outfit. Here's what happened this morning. Yeah. So I woke up, went to bed early, as I always do, or as I often do. And as I leave, le- uh, left the house, as I always do, I kiss her um, goodbye and I say, the Eagles lost by 20. Yeah. To which she, the only thing that she said before I left to work was, enjoy the hat. Enjoy the hat. That's it. Like, yeah. I'm getting it from my wife, not just this. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, so I'm going to give you each your time here to to break down your team. Again, we are an NFC East show amongst the hashtag crew because Nuno is a, a devoted Giant fan. We allowed him to moan yesterday. Uh, Baba is a Cowboy fan, and Hembo is an Eagles fan, so we'll hear it. And all our guests here are on the Goodyear hotline with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear, more driven. Uh, first off, to the winner goes the spoils. I'll give you the first word here, Bubba. How about them Cowboys? Oh, feeling great. I mean, going in a couple of weeks ago, this is what we were talking about. You know, we had the, the Bucks game. Close, but they lost. On the road, Chargers got the win, but we wanted to come back at home against Philly and get a dominant win to take control of the NFC East. And that's exactly what they did. Dominant win. They look great. Dak was great again, per usual. But the defense continues to improve. Dan Quinn really might be the the true offseason acquisition that matters. Obviously, Parsons is unbelievable. But Dan Quinn has really turned that around. I think that's great. I'm loving what Kellen Moore is doing on the offense. Zeke had a comeback game, which is great. But they still mix in uh, Pollard. Uh, honestly, no real complaints. Just felt great coming out of it, and uh, big game coming against the Panthers. I'm looking ahead to the schedule. Yeah, so they go, they play home against Carolina next. So that's a three and O NFC team. So that's interesting. Then they host the Giants. So that's a buy. Then they go to New England. Uh, I don't know what to expect from that game. Then at the Vikings, which is interesting. That's a Sunday night game. They got Denver. Schedule's not easy. They still have Kansas City coming up a little later and some other good teams. But so far, so good. You can't ask for more from the Cowboys at this point. The other side of that, the alternative side of that universe is the Eagles' performance last night. Hembo, I'll make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Your thoughts on the Eagles. This was worst case scenario because we didn't just lose and we didn't just lose by 20 points and we didn't just lose by 20 points to the team I hate more than any other. But what this guarantees, Greeny, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an ESPN employee, mm-hmm. is that for the next four months, every single day when I come to work, working on Get Up and working on this show, I'm going to have to hear about the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Every single day. It's true. So obviously I'm quite upset as to as what I saw last night from the Eagles. I thought the game plan was ridiculous and the execution was somehow even worse. But now the, the realization that I came to this morning is the Cowboys are actually really good. They're good. And that was that like if, if the Eagles had lost and I had not come away with that takeaway, that's what that would be easier to stomach. But I'm gonna have to hear about these guys for the next four months, which makes this so much worse. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Let me ask you two things in which you are expert. Because I happen to notice at the bottom of our Google Doc yesterday, you had, the Cowboys were only a three point favorite last night. And 91% of the public was on Dallas. So Vegas took a bath on this game, right? Vegas took a bath. And what that number told me coming in was that maybe, just maybe, all the public love for Dallas was not warranted. Because as you know, there's always sort of a Cowboys 
um, bias built into those lines. Sure. So what they were telling us going into yesterday's game was this, this is about a coin flip game. We view these teams as equal if they were playing on a neutral field. Nothing could be further from the truth. Vegas took a bath. They did not believe in the Cowboys before yesterday. I'm very curious to see how they adjust their lines and outlook moving forward. And thus, the one thing you know intimately is our analytics, the football power index. How much do our numbers geeks like the Cowboys now? A lot more. So coming into yesterday's game, the Cowboys we had pegged as the number 11 team in the NFL. They've already jumped to the number six team in the NFL and in the NFC stand behind only the Bucks, the Rams, and they're right neck and neck with the Saints. That's, so the Cowboys in the span of three weeks have gone from being a team that we viewed as an average one to a team that can compete for an NFC title. They also had a great weekend, which Nuno knows only too well. But this was a weekend in which we said goodbye to the Giants. And you lose at home to Atlanta in that situation, you're not a contender for anything. Washington got obliterated. I mean, humiliated. Their defense got, I don't even know what other word to use to describe it that ends in aided, but they got just destroyed. Uh, and then the Cowboys get a divisional win against the Eagles and a dominant one, like a statement one. I don't, things could not be going better for the Dallas Cowboys than they are at this precise moment. I am Greeny, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance, small business protection for more than vehicles with insurance expertise to keep your company moving forward. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. So Hembo will wear the hat for the rest of the day, and he will wear it proudly. In the meantime, Greeny's Takes. Well, let me let you do your job. Again, Hembo's primary job here is that he's a content producer for Get Up, and your job is to call up all our people the day before the show and ask them a variety of questions. And then they come on the air and they answer these questions with me on television. But the problem is I never get to answer them. And I'm the one who has all the right answers. So go ahead. What were the big questions you had for Saturday and Dominique and Marcus and everybody today? Greeny, how many NFC teams can you definitively say right now are better than the Dallas Cowboys? None. You included the word definitively? Definitively better. I don't think I can say definitively any of them are, and here's why. Do I think they're the best team? No. Do I think that if I had to bet an amount of money that mattered to me on one of them to come out of the NFC, I would not take them? (coughs) But here's what they are. They are exceptional on offense. They are diverse on offense. They threw it like crazy week one. They've run it like crazy each of the two weeks that have followed, and they haven't been fully healthy or fully intact on the offensive line at any point and should be. So there's that. The defense is markedly improved, and they are what you can be in the NFL today, which is the really good defenses generally are not dominant. There are very few dominating defenses in the NFL anymore. The rules are just stacked to make that almost impossible. The really good defenses are opportunistic. The really good defenses create turnovers, and they're doing that at a remarkable rate. The Cowboys are balanced. They're really good. I, I mean, I... If you told me right now, do I think they're better than the Rams? No. Do I think they're better than the Bucks? No. But Green Bay? I can't say definitively. That's a great game. I'd love to see Green Bay. They play each other this year? So if you were to power rank the NFC right now, would you have Dallas? If three? I were to power rank the NFC right now, I would go Rams, Bucks. Yeah, Cowboys and then Packers. <coughs> I would. All right. And I want to see what happens with New Orleans. That game that they lost might have been an aberration. All right, what is the next question? On a scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you about the 1 and 2 Kansas City Chiefs? I think it depends on specifically what you mean. How concerned am I about their ability to rebound from a 1 and 2 start and make the playoffs? 1 on a scale of 1 to 10, as low as you can possibly be. How concerned am I that they are no longer the definitive, clear-cut favorite in the AFC? Ten. 
because I've watched them play three games, and I didn't know for certain they were the better team in any of them. They weren't the better team against Cleveland week one. They definitively weren't the better team in week three against the Chargers. And week two against the Raiders, they got manhandled. They got some weaknesses. Now, they have Mahomes, who had a human performance the other day and threw a bad pick at the end, but remains the best player in the sport, and that doesn't change, and I've lost no faith in him. (coughs) So, that's what I mean when I say, will they be heard from? Of course, they'll be heard from. My, My level of concern relative to that is a one. But that's not what they are. They're supposed to be the Chiefs of the field. Well, I don't think we're having that conversation anymore. So if that is your definition, then I would say a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10. You have one more? Yeah, what more, if anything, is there to say about that performance from Justin Fields and the Bears on Sunday? The, the, The biggest criticism I can think of is that the only defense I'm hearing anyone offer of Matt Nagy is, well, Fields didn't play well either. You know, it wasn't just Nagy who stunk. It wasn't just the game plan. It wasn't just the play calling. Yeah, we get that. You had one net passing yard. That is historically hideous. No one person could do that themselves no matter how hard they tried. But there is no defense of Matt Nagy. There is none. So did Field struggle? Absolutely. Is he not ready? How the hell do I know? But what I would say is that was a disastrous beginning, and I don't think any of the defense that I've heard of Matt Nagy sounds to me like it makes a whole lot of sense or a whole lot of difference. No. Our Greenies takes here on ESPN Radio. Jam-packed we are. Uh, some time for your phone calls coming up a little later. I want to give you that stat. The scoop. And this is what I meant when I said a number that should strike terror in the hearts of fans of the Jets of the Bears, and of the Jaguars. Rookie starting quarterbacks this year are a combined 1-10. and And I would actually almost discount the win because that came against another one of them. Mac Jones beat Zach Wilson in a game. So they've not beaten anyone else. That is the worst combined win percentage through week three since the 1970 merger. So these rookies are off to historically terrible starts. Trevor Lawrence has a QBR of 23.3. That's on a scale of 1 to 100. You can't have a zero. So from 1 to 100, his QBR is 23.3. Zach Wilson's is 22.1. And Justin Fields, God bless him, is 7.1. It couldn't be worse. It couldn't have started worse for these three guys. And as I've said many times... More young quarterbacks in the NFL are ruined than developed. So is there cause for concern with these three guys? Hell yes. Am I worried about them? Yes. Because you've got to be one mentally tough son of a gun to be able to put up with what's going on. Sam Darnold said he was seeing ghosts. What do you think Justin Fields was seeing? He got sacked nine times. They had Miles Garrett at one point being singled up, being blocked by a tight end. It's embarrassing. Zach Wilson's getting crushed and he's getting crucified in New York. And Trevor Lawrence, I think the best thing you can say for him is that he's playing in Jacksonville, so people aren't paying as much attention. But he's thrown at least two picks in every game so far. Now, the last rookie quarterback to throw two picks in each of his first three games was Peyton Manning. So, obviously, there's... Evidence that this could turn out just fine, and it absolutely might. (coughs) Pardon me. But 
Is there cause for concern? You better believe there's cause for concern. I'm ready to go right now. Green light with Greeny. All right, I'm going to give Hembo and his cowboy hat a very quick green light here. We didn't get any baseball in on the show yesterday. Obviously, Mondays are jam-packed, but we have we are sort of racing headlong into the final week of the baseball season, and a lot is left to be decided. I'll give you a minute on this, Hembo. Go. Green, I think the race for the American League wild card is going to be the most intriguing storyline here the last week of the season. As we stand this morning, the Yankees are one game up on the Red Sox, who are one game up on the Blue Jays. So... Two games, or excuse me, yes, two games separate three teams for two wild card spots. Right. The reason the Yankees are still, Greeny, at a disadvantage is because of their schedule. The Yankees had to visit Toronto for the next three games. You might recall the last time they played the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays swept them and the Yankees didn't lead in any of the four games. They right. got slaughtered. That's right. Then they finish against Tampa Bay, the best team in the American League, although at that point, Tampa might have nothing to play for right. and could have this sort of weird, like, who should we pick for our potential first-round playoff opponent? So there's that. The Red Sox have the easiest path forward. They play three games against the worst team ever, the Orioles, and then three games against another one of the worst teams in baseball, Washington. If you're a Yankees fan, you have to imagine they're going to win four or five of those games, so they can't let up. And then there's Toronto, who can make up all that ground by themselves by beating the Yankees. They Obviously, like I said, three games against the Yankees, and then they finish against the worst team ever, the Orioles. Here's the one thing I'll say about the Rays. I just looked it up to make sure I had this right. They Are sure, Are they already locked in as the number one seed? No, they need one more win. Okay, one more win. So they're, we can basically rest assured Yes, those games are going to be meaningless for them at the end of the season. Yeah, they'll be just resting. So, so that... I think has to benefit the Yankees to at least some degree, right? Most, most definitely, but because the division series don't start till midweek next week, some managers haven't really liked to give their guys almost like a full week off. But it will definitely benefit the Yankees because they will not see the same caliber of pitching that they might that they, that they would otherwise face in the Tampa Bay race. Okay. Anything else we need to know going into the week? That's the most important thing. Okay, by I far. got it. That's the green light here again. We never shortchange the baseball nice on this program. Well, a lot. Of, yeah, yeah, Hembo again. For uh, you need to. You know what? I'm going to take a picture of this here and I'm going to post it. Uh, on the Instagram here in just a second. Let me take a nice picture of Hembo, uh, and I will post it. My Instagram account is at ESPN Greeny. And Hembo, just give me like a goofy smile, like an eight-year-old boy who has got his first day riding a pony. All right, you look psychotic in this. I, I don't know. What, uh, we'll see. I, I, okay, you know what? I'm going to post this. You got to go to my tour. I, I will post this as soon as we get to the break here, uh. at ESPN Greeny on Instagram. I just want you to see, A, how ridiculous the hat is, but B, the face that Hembo makes when I said, give me a smile. You look insane. I hate I the I Cowboys. I really don't know any other I word just to, to describe I freaking it. hate the Dallas Cowboys. Greeny, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, so a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, Greeny with you, presented by uh, Progressive Insurance. We come to you live every day from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. If you go to my Instagram page, which is at ESPN Greeny, you will see the picture I posted of Hembo in a cowboy's hat paying off his wager. When asked to smile, this is Hembo's idea of a smile. I don't know how better to uh, – we're showing it on television right now. You look terrified. You look like you're seeing – like it's like a scene in a horror movie <laughs> and like a chainsaw-wielding murderer is, has just walked into the room and you're staring at him realizing, well, it's all done for me. That's how I feel this morning because the Cowboys are good for the next four months. Honestly, this is the worst case scenario as an Eagles fan because we're so used to beating the Cowboys and we're so used to to the Cowboys being average and everyone thinking they're going to be great. The Cowboys might actually be great. It is worse than being surrounded by a bunch of live chainsaws. In the meantime, our friend Dave Rothenberg, our mutual friend who is a host on ESPN Radio New York and across the country, you hear him here regularly, and he's just terrific. And he is one of the most passionate fans I've ever met. His stories are hilarious. For those of you who don't know, he refused to go meet his wife at the finish line when she ran a marathon because it was during a giant game. I mean, he is just a crazy fan of the Giants. And he, he brought up an interesting thing on his show this morning. And I wasn't planning on doing this, but that really did spur something in my head. Because I've lived through this. Most of these fandoms that we have, if you're listening to me right now, it's because you love a sports team. Very few of us get into this like Hembo does with his analytics. For the most part, this is about love. It's about emotion. It is about placing a disproportionate amount of importance on the outcome of these games played by other people. That's what being a sports fan is. I wrote it in my first book. It, there's nothing in the world better than, um, than investing absolutely everything into something that means absolutely nothing. And, and so that's how I am. And Rothenberg said that his 11-year-old son told him he wants to stop rooting for the Giants that it is so miserable, there's so much pain involved that he wants to no longer root for the Giants. And so Hembo asked me, again, do your, if you're an 11-year-old boy asking me if my son had asked me that same question. Hey, Dad, the Jets are really bad. Wait, 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 wait what? Why are you doing that voice? We've been through this. That's not, what, what, why oh. can't you just ask a question in your regular I thought, voice? I thought you wanted our national audience to hear the voice. Yeah, but that, that, I that, did that for the New York only segment I, only. I wasn't being asked that question by a Muppet. I was being asked <laughs> that question by an 11-year-old fictitious person. I, I, need to, so I need to elevate the voice, right? Uh, uh, go elevate. ahead. No, just ask the question. Someone else do this. Do we have anyone else who could just, uh, Baba, ask me that question. Why do I have to be a Jets fan still? Okay, that wasn't the question. The question was, do I have to keep rooting and he sounds like he's 40. for the Jets? Well, he is 40. I know, but he's supposed to be We're 11. We're doing a dramatic reenactment. I don't have <laughs> video was, of this. That was not dramatic at all. It didn't even happen. Anyway, if my son had said to me, Dad, can I stop rooting for the Jets? I would have said, I don't know. Can you live somewhere else? Like, that's just not the way this stuff works. And, and I'll let the record show, Stevie has never in any way wavered. Because this was passed down to me, and it's passed down to him, and he's going to keep passing it down, and on and on we go. But this is just part of who you are. So I do think it's an interesting question, and I want to open up the phones to this off the top of the next hour, because I was not planning this. But I think this is outstanding. If your 11-year-old son or daughter comes to you and says, Mom or Dad, do I have to keep rooting for this team? Now, you know who never has to answer that question? Patriot fans. 
Packer fans, Steeler fans, lucky sons of you. They do. You don't know. You don't know what it's like to have to look an 11 year old in the eye. The agony that I would see in him as he sat there. And all I can think is just hang in there, kid. It's going to get much, much worse. I've seen the end of this movie. It only gets worse from here. You root for a team that plays its best football on Wednesdays. So what is the answer? Now, again, I jokingly just said, but I would never have accepted that. Literally never. If he had said to me, can I root for another team? I would have said no, but I would have given a a legitimate explanation, which is to say rooting for a team is larger than the team. It's much more about you. Like, I don't root for the Jets because of the Jets. I can't stand them. (laughs) They have given me nothing but agony and heartbreak through most of my life. It's about me. It's about growing up in my house. It's about my parents. It's about my son and my daughter to a a slightly lesser degree. it's, It's about you. So it would be like saying, can I be in another family? Like, I don't know how that would have gone. Like, I married a Chicago girl. She likes the Chicago sports teams, and she likes that our kids know that we root for them, too. But there's no... If the Knicks and Bulls ever had, like, a really serious rivalry, as they did when I first met her, I don't know how that would go. Hmm. But we've never had that issue. So it is an interesting question. So I'm going to open up the phones right now. Nuno, let's get some calls up there. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. If you are a passionate fan of a team that stinks... And your 11-year-old son or daughter says, Mom or Dad, can I stop rooting for them? What do you say? That's the question. Your answer is next on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.